Hey everybody, Jessica here. Welcome back to another episode of Keto and Energetic Balance for You. Today I have Jan Ingle-Smith, who is a shamanic practitioner, and she also is a psychologist. Psychotherapist. Uh Psychotherapist, sorry. Psychotherapist. (laughs) And she is the creator of the Light Song School, which is a school mainly based on energetic medicine, right? Mm-hmm. You, you learn, you can learn shamanism. Can you also learn hypnosis at your school as well? Like, okay. So it's basically a, a school and where are you based out of? Well, we're based out of Portland, Oregon, Portland, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. However, now with um, the pandemic, we are global. <laughs> you know? yeah. So yeah, it, it made everything virtual for us right now. So yeah. Nice. Wonderful. Eating healthy, living healthy, being healthy. This is the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast, a podcast focused on holistic wellness and teaching you about incorporating the keto diet and lifestyle changes to achieve an energetic balance, teaching you how to live now so you don't struggle to live later. And now your host, Jessica Ankaya. Anyway, we're going to talk about shamanism and I'm very excited about this talk. And first, I kind of want to get into with Jan, what inspired you to go get into shamanism and go down this path? What was that, that initial inspiration? Sure. Well, um, there's two things. One is very sort of cosmic and a calling in that I had a a vision or apparition of a, a being that came to me and asked me to learn these ways. And um, it's a long, it's kind of a long story. I don't know if you want me to share it all, but it's, it's in a book that I've written and it's been featured in a couple other books actually too. And so, um, but it was a definite calling from the spirit world to get involved in it. And then on a different note, uh, I was a psychotherapist with uh, working with multiple personality disorder and um, working in the psych ward and things like that. And, you know, people had been so damaged and so hurt on so many levels, as well as like the regular person that is dealing with emotional problems and or um, difficulty healing from traumas that had happened in their life. And the question that I always had for myself and sort of to the world was, why does it take so long to heal? I mean, some of these things happened um, in a trauma quickly, but it just didn't seem natural to me that somebody would spend 10, 12, 15 years in therapy and I realized that what they were what they were learning was how to understand it, how to rationalize it. It was a very mental process that they were going through. And real healing is energetic. It's a healing of the heart and um, but it's an energetic process. And so in psychology, we say that a person disassociates when they go through a trauma. Well, in shamanism, that's called soul loss. You know, we know that something actually goes away 
which is a be it's a human behavior mechanism of survival. We want that to happen. You do not want to be fully present when you're going through any type of real difficulty. And difficulty is measured in very different ways. I mean, some of it could be like physical abuse or, or a, an accident or an operation or something like that. And for somebody else, it might be humiliated in third grade by the teacher and you just want to kind of crawl in a hole and go away. Well, that energetic process actually happens where you do go away. And in psychology, we don't address that. We know that it happens, but we don't address it. In shamanism, it is addressed. It's like, well, where did that particular part of your essence go and how do you get it back? And so that is actually what a soul retrieval does, which is a primary uh, condition or healing process in shamanism. And you actually go to where that piece is, find it, and literally bring it back to a person. So that was my big thing is that when I learned how to do uh, shamanic work, I was watching it take literal, literal years off of therapy. In fact, sometimes, many times, it just stopped the therapy. It was over. The people were finished. And to me, I'm a very results-oriented person, extremely. I don't do things without seeing positive results. If I don't see them, to me, in my world, it's like, why, why do it, <laughs> you know? And, um, and so I saw such a huge uh, difference in my clients that in, in the process, I, I eventually converted my entire practice over to shamanism. And to date, I've done over 3,500 soul retrievals, which is a massive amount yeah, of yeah and so i feel as if i have a lot of data mm -hmm. and experience in knowing that the process works and i can't say enough positive things about um how to do it or not how to do it but the benefits of working with shamanic energy principles in healing so that, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting with your patients as a psychotherapist, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you've had, some of them have been a little bit resistant to have having shamanic work. How did mm -hmm. you bridge, you know, cause you know how there's that stigma and we have to overcome that. Mm -hmm. How did you bridge that? I, I guess I could say gap. Like, how did you, how were you able to convince those people that your, your patients that, Hey, you need a soul retrieval or you need a power retrieval. Like what was that? How do you bridge that? What, what sure. Well, when I was starting out, I didn't approach it with you need. Mm -hmm. I was definitely, I have learned this new method that I think is really cool. Want to try it? And, <laughs> you know, and if, if they did, we did it. If they didn't, yeah, I actually yeah. only had one person out of all of that that thought oh this is way too weird you know mm. i'm not going there um but one 
you know, it was a tiny, tiny infinitesimal amount. But everybody else was pretty curious because I was curious. I came into it having learned this and saying, you know, let's see if it works. Right. And right. just let's experiment. It right. wasn't like I had a a, a full a full um, for sure method that I was. I didn't go into it with that kind of confidence. I went into it with let's experiment. Let's see. I've learned this thing. I'll try it out. And they were game. And as I started gathering results, then, you know, it was word of mouth for sure. But within just uh, my first, my first, um, kind of approach to it, I was, I was invited to go to a, a book club and talk about what I had learned. They were interested in reading some things on shamanism. And everybody at the book club signed up. They all wanted, they all wanted to try it. And from that point on, I was booked out sometimes four to five months in advance, working every day doing soul retrievals. <laughs> so the word of mouth was quite uh ravenous it just went out and just took off right it's like once people know the truth know what can really be done for them they're just like okay well i'm awake now i know that i need energetic healing and that's um gonna treat the underlying cause of what's going on with me sure sure Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so how long did it take you as a shamanic practitioner um, to trust your abilities, mm-hmm. like you go in a journey and to know that it's not your imagination mm-hmm. <laughs> and that it's true, truly you're, you're feeling, you're seeing these things. Well, and then would you also say shamanism is, is all the sixth sense, like your intuition? Cause that's kind of what I've discovered. Yeah. So, well, let me answer one at a time. So mm-hmm. the first question that you asked was, you know, how long did it take? Yeah. And I would say years, mm. even though I, cause I was a hard sell. I was a really hard sell. I also came out of a strong science background. I was a um, undergrad uh, biology and chemistry teacher. And I taught those disciplines for 10 years in high school. So I had a very, very, very strong science background that, again, had that prove it to me. Yeah, you know, or what are the results? How do I measure this? You know, I had all of that going on inside of me. And I was I was a hard sell. I was always asking the spirits to prove, to yeah. show me, to to really um, make it absolutely undeniable, which they did. They did it for me over and over and over again. And so eventually I just sort of came around and realized that <clears throat> It was undeniable. I mean, they were they were showing me things and giving me information that there was absolutely no way that I could know about, you know, ages, dates, uh, experiences that I was seeing that 
you know, I, I, and the other thing is when I was working with people, the first hundred clients that I had outside of the clients that I started with, but the first hundred like soul retrieval clients, I would only ask their name. I didn't want to know a thing about them. Wow. You know, uh, because again, I was a hard sell for myself. Yeah. The spirits had to prove it to me <laughs> that what they were giving me, I knew nothing about. And with that type of, um, you know, conditions, I couldn't deny it. And I suggest that with my own uh, practitioners when they're getting started. They say, I know that it's hard but do this for yourself because it will build trust that you have no other way of building unless you know if like if you know a person's history if you know what happened to them and where their traumas came from you know you're not you're not doing yourself a service by going in and say well this happened this because they just told you that <laughs> you know but if you go in right. not knowing anything mm-hmm. then it it is quite miraculous for yourself in that trust that is built with you and the allies. So that's what, that's how I did it. Now that's, that's a tough regime. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. But again, uh, like I said, I was a hard sell to myself. They had to prove it that I wasn't making this up. Sure. Then the other thing that came through, I don't believe it's intuition. I believe that there's part of it that's there. Um, But the way that the spirits have explained it to me is that um, we don't use the right side of our brain very much. We give it a little bit of lip service with um, music and art and creativity. But the right side of the brain is a the place that you're actually moving into in a journey and it doesn't follow any of the same protocols as the left side of the brain and we are an extremely left brain dominant culture we give very very little credence to the right side in fact if we do things in the right side we say that we're making it up it's just your imagination and we've even given imagination a bad name where this like it's not true where the spirits are saying that you know imagination is a creation energy and when you put it into motion that is how you actually bring things into creation in fact one day when i was teaching a level one class which is a beginning class um, I'm, i'm pretty much always channeling when i'm teaching and and they said you you have superpowers just like all these marvel characters that um we're all kind of watching on tv and they said <laughs> beings have a superpower that's hidden in plain sight yeah and i was like well what's that and they said your imagination is your superpower and when you can really allow that to flourish what you're doing is you're moving into the right side of the brain and you're bringing in new possibilities into creation I have worked with this left brain, right brain a lot. I've written many articles on it and done tremendous amount of um, so-called 
research into what they mean with that as far as changing brain waves and you know various things like that and the biggest thing that i think i would leave your audience with is that um the left side of the brain which we're very conditioned into has to always have reason it has to have it's a logical sequence this happened and so this can happen it's like a cause and effect or since these things took place then this is another possibility but it's always following a sequence of logic okay and we test that that's what we test you in school your aptitude tests you know all all of your testing all of our government all of our religions everything is actually based in this kind of logical thing the other thing that sits in the left brain and not in the right is your ego and your ego is a storyteller you know it's gonna it's gonna always tell you a story based on your past and what possibly might there's no presence to the ego at all and the right brain is only present there is no past there is no future and there's no cause and effect or logic so the best description that you could give of it would be when you're dreaming so you know you're dreaming and you're in a room and then you're on top of a mountain well how'd you get there you don't you're just there it's all now Mm -hmm. it's all present okay there there doesn't have to be a sequential order and for things to happen and there's also you can defy um you can defy uh um natural you know like uh, laws like physical law where you can swim or you can uh swim with no underwater with no apparatus on or you can fly or you you know there's no things that say what you can and you can't do so that side of the brain is where the spirits are okay and you can see through the dimensions you have super senses you know your sight isn't limited by a particular wavelength of energy on an electromagnetic spectrum that says well this is visual light and this is what you can see all right or it's not limited by a certain decibel range of your hearing yeah all right which is all the way that we live in the left brain Um, what I say is that the clairs live on the right brain, clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, claircognitive, all the clairs mm. that we would say are super senses for some people, they're all on the right side of the brain. So what you're really learning how to do is to move from your left side of the brain into the right side, which mm-hmm. is the journey. <laughs> One of the ways that you get there uh, pretty easily is through the drumbeat. Yes. The drumbeat when it is put, like you can measure it and you can see what it does to the brain waves and how how you move into this other part of the brain from the drum. Right. And that's why it's so essential um, in, in the journey process. And especially if the particular beat is a particular rhythm and you can look these things up on youtube they have all kinds of studies on there that you can see what's right. going on put on right. yeah it gets you into that your brain into that rhythm and into that meditative state yeah and so when you're trying to meditate and move into the 
the absence of the the chattering of the brain what you're actually doing is you're moving into the right side where there's no ego if there's no ego there's no chatter sure because the only thing that's chattering is the ego <laughs> right yeah <laughs> now so, when, you're, when you're doing a, a journey do you typically drum the whole time or do you use a because what i do is i use the mp3 mm-hmm. and then i'll um well I'll, I'll call in power with my drum and then I use my MP3 to get into the journey. How do you do it? How yeah, do that's you- how I like to do it too. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm pretty active in my journeys. Um, I'm moving around and I, I'm doing things with my hands and I'm moving energy, even with like my mindfold on my, or my blindfold on. Yeah. So if I was drumming, that would get in the way of all of that. Yeah. 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 So do you lay down or you, you said, so you're mostly active. You're doing stuff when you're journeying. But I'm, I am laying down and I'm talking. I, I speak out my entire journey out loud and I take my client with me with that. And that's another method that the spirits were really clear and that we've westernized journeying way too much. You know, people mm-hmm. uh, like if you were to watch the um, old films of the shamans around the world, they're not still, <laughs> they're all over the place. Okay, they're very, very active. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's an experience of um, interaction with the spirits as well as with your client. Yes. Yeah, very interactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes for a good experience for, for the client. And it, it's, um, yeah, you're right. Movement is a big, big part of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you journey every single day? Do you journey a couple times a day? How, how many are you still? I used to journey absolutely every day because I saw clients every day. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I felt like I spent more time in the journey state than I did in like ordinary reality. Mm-hmm. Now I, I still am an avid meditator. I've been a meditator since I was a teenager and, um, and I still get up and move either into meditation or a journey. I still work with the spirits daily. I mean, it's who I am. It's not like a, it's my relationship with them is probably more real than my relationship with a lot of human beings. (laughs) (laughs) I know me too. I, so. I get it. I journey every day and I, it will, it started with meditation. Um, and I was having various different, um, voices coming to me mm-hmm. from different dimensions. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> maybe I should follow. This You're more clear audience than I am too. I'm really clear audience. Oh they, yeah. 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 Would you say the upper world, um, because what I've gotten from my spirits that the upper world is like, relates to the different dimension like the higher dimensions is, would you say that too would you or when you communicate do you communicate with people and when you go to the upper world do you communicate with beings in the higher dimensions like eight? not necessarily no it doesn't matter yeah no they're they're just very different places very they're worlds they are real worlds mm-hmm. upper world and lower world are are worlds unto themselves um, they both have every type of being or level of being that you would um, 
want to interact with, there are definite guidelines for them, you know, where you would find possible different dimensional beings. But a lot of those higher dimensional beings, um, yeah, they're in both places. Yeah. They're in both places. The thing that Light Song that we work with is um, we have very strong protocols around only working with benevolent um, healing spirits yes. and or div divine beings that are found in both the upper and the lower world. Um, we don't invite in a lot of the other beings unless they're vetted. You know, if they're vetted by particular uh, the, the your team, your particular team, then we bring them in, but we don't bring them into any ceremonies or anything like that. We're always working with a, the highest level beings from both places. And usually it's the middle world where you encounter different entities from what yes. I, my experience, I've had a few journeys where it's like, whoa, I got to really light some sage here. And I yes. use sound to break that up entity up. I've, I've done that. So, so that yeah. is absolutely right, Jessica. And, but however, the healing that you need to take place for things is middle world. Exactly. Yeah. Because so, we live oh, retrievals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we live in the middle world. That's right. So if you want to bring healing into something, you have to be working in the middle world. Um, but you're bringing in your, your team from the other places. And we usually make contracts with beings like, okay, this is an upper level being, but you're contracting with me to stay in the middle world with me and to do this work. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. Well, I have Isis is one of the um, beings that I real. She's my uh, soul retrieval guide mm -hmm. and power. Well, I have an eagle for a power retrieval guide, but um, I usually work with her in the middle world. So yeah. 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 She's yeah. mine too. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we connected at some junction. Yes, I did. Yeah. With this, with her, that that just really resonates with me. When I saw you on Gaia, I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I'm glad you shared that. <laughs> oh man, that, that, that was great. Um, I think I have one more question. Okay. Can you explain a little bit how things tend to like disease or physical, even, well, yeah, physical, psychological things tend to manifest energetically prior to manifesting in our body? physical bodies yeah. and how um, soul retrieval and how uh, shamanic work could help in that or sure. even hypnosis, whatnot. Yeah, and that's that's sort of the rule of thumb in energy work. Uh, it's how all psychics, of course, work yeah. and uh, as well as shamans are working this way too, that we we're working on the body supposedly, but really we're working in the fields Okay, you're working in the subtle body fields that are surrounding a body and also internalized in the body. Right. Um, and so you can actually see if, a, if an illness is coming to a person, that's like many psychics do that. And that was my first um, sort of exposure to that 
many years ago when I was first learning things, you know, I kind of got, got interested in this, in all the different sort of disciplines of, of metaphysics and psychics is one of those. And so somebody told me that I had a pretty serious illness coming my way that it was in my fields. And um, so I, they said, well, you know, just to give you warning, I said, well, I can do something with that as long, you know, I can work with it, then I can reverse that. And they said, you know, they, they, they were just giving information. That's the difference. Also with a psychic, they're not necessarily offering healing. They're just offering information where a shaman is a healer. Right. And so I learned how to negotiate those subtle fields and to see things in, in what's coming in. Uh, and then how to make that move out energetically. And that was my first ex experience with that for myself. Now, of course, I teach that. Um, but the only exception to that would be sometimes like a broken bone. Uh, like if you break a bone, it shows up in the body and then it shows up in the fields. Um, but the important thing for you know, in shamanism that we do is when people have had um, operations or uh, bodily injury, you have to, you have to mend those fields. That's part of the mending of the whole self in that those fields have actually been cut. Like if you're going to have surgery, they're cutting through your fields as well as your human body. And when you mend those fields and do soul retrievals on those fields, then it actually um, heals the body very, very quickly. So I'll give you an example of this. Um, you know, we also, a lot of the way that we heal is defined through our belief system. And so if you change countries or change areas of the world or different cultures, they have different belief systems around how to, how long it takes to heal something. Right. So in our culture, we pretty much believe that it takes 12 to 14 weeks to heal a bone. Okay. If you break a bone, you could put a cast on and you got the cast on for a couple months, you know, so my daughter, uh, when she was a little girl, she was 11, she jumped onto a bicycle that was not hers. And we live on an extremely steep hill, okay? So she jumps on this bike going down the hill to find out that it didn't have any brakes. <laughs> oh. So she is flying down the hill and she hits the curb and she goes into a dive position with her arms and both of them accordion right in five breaks in each arm as they go up her as she hit the hit the ground um and so it you know it was a it was a major deal it was a very serious injury wow. and she was casted like this you know and she was going into fifth grade at the time and the and the doctor said you know she can't go to school if she's even if she's even nudged or something it might throw those bones back off because they were able to set everything without any pins in it but i started working on them 
and not only on her as a person, but on those fields of energy that had been fragmented. And I worked on the tissue and I worked on the bones themselves doing soul retrieval for all these different parts of her body. We went back to the doctor in a week to have more x-rays and they could only find one break. The, oh. you know, the x-ray technician was going, oh my God, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and she actually became a client or a student of mine. <laughs> she said, oh. And my daughter's going, mom, it worked, it worked. And she's going, what did you do? What did you do? And I, I told her, you know, I was just mending oh. shields and um, yeah, they could only find one break after a week. So Amazing. yeah, I mean, it, it really has, when you take care of the fields, when you take care of the energetics of a person's injury, then again, it shaves all kinds of time off of a process yes. that um, we have in our belief system is, is the way that it, that it works. The other thing that I wanted to mention, Jessica, going back to the, um, the left brain, right brain, is that we're born more right-brained, okay? And our natural aptitudes to connect with life on every level is right-brained. Um, and all your indigenous shamans throughout history, or excuse me, cultures were more right-brained than left. It wasn't until writing and written word and those types of things came into existence that we started shifting into the left brain and developing that part of our brain. But we're more naturally right-brained, present, connected to the spirits, connected to the spirit of life. And we have to work really hard to move out of that <laughs> as we grow up. And it, we start conditioning our babies right away, you know, with yeah everything you know color between the lines and put the square block in the square hole you know everything's very conditioned into this left um, yeah. yeah and so when you're learning how to journey you're really moving more into a natural state of awareness that you're born into um and so there's a to me there's a real beauty about that and if you watch babies in fact when my first grandson was born um, I remember him looking at me and, and instead of looking at my eyes, he was like this. <laughs> and I knew he was just seeing all my helpers and, you know, yeah. Kind of yeah. Fascinated, you know, because they, oh, see yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the, and the pineal gland isn't calcified yet either. And so and it's just, it's, it's amazing. And, and then you're taught when you, when you're a kid, you're taught when you, think of these things or you see things oh that's your imagination and just disregard that when really it's like th this is this is a real thing and this is we're seeing in the other realms that's right imaginary friends what you're actually seeing are your helpers around you yeah yeah so we just need to get back to that as a society yes sure and um you know i think what do you think met starting with meditation and yoga is probably a good way to start to get back into your right brain right would you would you say and then go to journeying learn or actually i would say it the other way around meditation is very hard mm. i mean you yeah. to become masterful to meditate mm. takes literal 
years of practice or journeying. I can teach a person how to be a journeyer and make connection with their allies in a, in a weekend. You know, I can, I mean, you can learn it really fast um, again, because I think it's very natural. Um, journeying also is an active mind, not a still mind, but it's just active on the right side where meditation is turning your mind off. Sure. That is very difficult to learn how to do. Um, but it has phenomenal results. But I think for the Western culture, we are much more adapted to learning how to um, journey. And journeying is much more um, precise than, let's say, trying to do a yoga pose or or breathing even yoga and moving into the right side. Those are more difficult, advanced, um, practiced mm-hmm. mind controls. Okay, right. we're journeying. You can do it really quickly. You can do it also through guided imagery, which is um, quite fast. Like I could do that with you right now or anybody right now, which you do in your hypnosis. You know, you're moving them into um, a reality, the right brain, where if you say one thing, they're there. That's right. Without it having to be like a cause and effect. Yeah. How did I get here? You're there because because of the suggestion. Mm -hmm. They kind of do their own journey when you do the hypnosis. You bring them into Mm -hmm. the journey. To, into their own journey and you're just guiding them and yeah right exactly yeah that's correct yeah so i you know that's why i think it's such a great thing to teach and to practice because you can have success in a relatively short amount of time and people don't get discouraged in fact they get encouraged because they start noticing things and experiencing things that are pretty fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it is fun i remember the first time well my the spirits came to me in a meditation and i was going to a different reality and it was just like wow this is very this is amazing so amazing and it's like we're like because of the way we're taught or way we grow up we think oh is this my imagination but recently I've had a lot of validating experiences, you know, to validate my journeys in non-ordinary reality. <laughs> so I've had validating experiences in ordinary reality here and, you know, on in our 3d world that have validated. So that's what, right. And, so and that's like, where we need them because that's where we live. You know, it's like, uh-huh. yeah, it's fine in the journey, but show me in this world. And yeah. Then they do. <laughs> You know, yeah, it always, yeah, it always comes through. It's, yeah, it's just amazing. I love it. So, um, okay, well, if you just want to tell us a little bit about your school, uh, Light Song School, and then we'll end it from there. I mean, excited to hear just a little, you know, hear what you have to say on that. And absolutely, thank you for the opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's called Light Song School of Twenty First Century Shamanism and Energy Medicine. And that 21st century is very important in there. Um, We consciously changed it to that name um, because 
I feel like we're dealing with a lot of new concepts um, that I have actually learned through, you know, 30 years of practice of doing this now that I was never taught, you know, in school uh, and but are very important and the spirits have brought through and they are more adaptive to this 21st century world that we're living. But the school is the only school in the United States and possibly world that actually offers a bachelor's, master's and doctoral degree um, in the fields. And we have, like I said, been in existence for probably about 25 years, I guess. Um, we have a full program of everything that you would want to have in shamanism and people can take it for casual interest. You know, what is this? Or you can go through and say, I want a career in this. And yeah. you know, you'd have the credentials then. Um, we do a lot. There's a lot of initiations and ceremonies built into everything. And now with covid uh and the pandemic you know we used to give lip service that it didn't matter where you were energy was uh you know could be anywhere at any time and now we're living that because you know we do all of our ceremonies um virtually and they are powerful and yeah. you know, very very powerful we have a big one coming up on new year's day which we always do that people are welcome to participate in but you, um, you know, you, we do have a curriculum and it's a strong curriculum. Uh, the spirits have been very clear that, you know, there's, there's certain um, sort of sequencing of learning things to really help a person be able to ingest what we're doing. Um, and what I mean with that, like uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't learn the process of soul retrieval, which is, you know, to me, the pinnacle, you're a doctor of somebody's soul. You wouldn't learn that too early without having a really strong foundation of some of the other things because you're working with a person's soul. You know, it's, it's, it's a big responsibility. Nice. And, um, and so we have, you know, sequencings of curriculum to move a person through our goal is that we produce the cream of the crop you know that's that's what we want we want to produce the best shamanic practitioners out there um, but again if a lot of people take it for casual interest because if you learn just just the things in the first two classes let's say level one which is the basic journey and then um, healing tools which is level two you can use that on yourself you can use that on your friends, you can use that on your animals, you can use it on the land, you can use it on your business. It doesn't matter where you apply it. If you're moving the energy in a healthy way, uh, taking out the things that don't belong there, putting back things that do belong there, you just end up with a better situation. Uh, and so, you don't have to become a practitioner that's going to see clients. You're just doing it because what I believe we should be teaching this in high school. <laughs> you know, every, every teenager needs to, if you knew how to do these things, 
you would live a different life. You do. We all do now that we know are on the other side of it, like you and I. Yeah. But, you know, empowering teenagers to do this, you know, they they just would have a different experience of themselves and with problems that come up in life because you know how to manage energy, you know how to take care of yourself energetically, how to stay healthy, you know, how to make good choices. All of those things are part of good mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional health. And so we teach all that, you know, in, um, in Light Song. And then people can be as involved as they want to be. I mean, if you wanted to be really involved, you could be doing something every week. If you wanted to be just going through the classes, we meet once a month, you know? And, yeah. Uh, so, um, but we, we do do things on longer terms. Um, instead of learning big things in a weekend, we really span it out so you have time to practice your new techniques. Mm. You're building community. Community is a huge part of it, huge part of it, um, where you are interacting with like-minded people on a consistent basis and we're supporting each other we're um we're working as allies and colleagues and you know so it's 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 a beautiful it's a place to belong that's what we call it a place to belong because um a lot of people that are interested in these things can feel very um you know out there <laughs> like they don't really have a yeah. people that understand them and that can have conversations and explore like this is what happened to me do you get this yeah i do get that you know so yeah so true to have that community is so important especially in this work it's yes it's critical so we have a huge community so the way that you would get a hold of those things is lightsong.net okay website lightsong.net and or info at lightsong.net you would send a personal email you know to learn about things but um yeah like that we're a, a very um we're it's exceptional yeah it's exceptional yeah it really is well great i'll put the links in the description yeah if the yeah. audience is interested just feel free to go to those links and check it out i mean it sounds sounds like a wonderful program yeah thank you it's it's my um uh, it's my heart yeah <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, mine too. I love that this work is amazing. So thank you so much, Jan, for joining me today. And I hope to connect again soon in the, in the future. Well, thank you. <laughs> it was really a pleasure to meet you. And I wish you well with all that you're doing. Like I said to you earlier, we need, we need people out there that care. Yeah. A service oriented being part of their being yeah. and are tooled up then with methods that really work yeah. and really can make a difference like you're not just going through the motions exactly you're making a difference in not only your life but really humanity because i believe that it's all energetic that the the more we learn the better we get we improve life on the planet <laughs> yeah. yeah we have to save humanity 
Um, yeah. They're trying to take all this away from us. So we need, you're right. We need the more of us, the better to preserve all yeah. of to preserve this work. So. This has been the Holistic Keto Goddess podcast with Jessica Ankaya. Follow the Holistic Keto Goddess on social media like Pinterest, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have any questions about today's show or how you can live a healthier life, visit HolisticKetoGoddess.com and go more in-depth with blogs and healthy living resources. Like, share, subscribe, and listen 